Wow, I love this church. Can I come all the time? Like, I want to be a part of this church. Is every Sunday this cool and exciting? And you had me at Flash Bob, Barbara. That was amazing. That is a first, and I, I love it. And, uh, and the skit was spot on. Nice job. Veggie Tales is it's pretty good, but, you know, maybe some things to, to learn from the, the author of Hebrews today. Um, well, thank you all for having me here today. Um, I, I thought it would be helpful to just um, give a little, a little more of an introduction. I know no one knows me here, um, but I, I really want to brag on, on Dick and the influence of this church that it's had on my wife's life and our family and in the ripple effect. So you can just get a vision for discipleship. I'm sure you, you have one already, but just to encourage you in that same direction. So in 2000, I don't remember when it was, 17 probably? Uh, I want to say maybe 18. Uh, Dick started a, a huddle with my wife and uh, another gentleman, Al Giles. I think he's been here to speak. If you all might know him. Started huddling me. And since that time period, uh, let's see, we've been in New York for two years. I just wanted to share some fruit um, of what God has been doing. So let me get my notes here to make sure I get it in the right order. I have the, the, the most encouraging stories last, so I don't want to steal thunder from myself. Um, yeah, this guy, Promete, uh, he's a 15-year-old um, Bengali uh, in, individual. So Bangladesh is the world's largest uh, unreached people group. And we just celebrated his uh, middle school graduation the other day. And we gave him a Bible. Um, he said, this is the best day of my entire life. And this Bible is the best gift anyone has ever given me. And this guy has seen a baptism we prayed uh, over this person who was baptized. He was there, pray, joined in the prayer. We told him the gospel. His response was, that is wonderful news. <laughs> so God is really at work in this, this guy's life. We've been training with um, a, a pastor from the uh, Dominican Republic called Narciso, and uh, just doing some evangelism and discipleship training with him. He now has 10 members in his congregation that are regularly sharing the gospel like crazy. They've seen 17 discovery Bible studies start with, uh, with unreached peoples uh, and with, uh, with those who are far from God. Been training someone else by the name of Sylvanus, a Nepali pastor. I actually met this gentleman uh, a few years ago in, in Nepal. I went on a trip that was really instrumental to me. And I came back from the trip and the, the, one who, the person who led the trip said, hey, I've got this friend Sylvanus in New York. He's close to you. We were living in Connecticut at the time. He, he needs some medical supplies. Would you mind just shipping him some medical supplies? This friend is sick and they can't really... They need some Nepali medicine, apparently. So I came back, and anyway, fast forward years later, uh, I'm, I'm with this guy, Sylvanus. There's 100,000 uh, Nepalis in New York, New York City. And um, I asked him about how many would be believers, do you think? He said probably maybe about 200. So 0.2%, not even 1%, 0.2% of the Nepalis in New York would be following Jesus. And only five small churches that he knows of, his is the only one that's missional of those five. And so here we are training this guy, just thinking what could, what could happen. And I go to put his name in my phone. Like it's already there. Sylvanus. Well, why do I, why is this name in my phone? And this was the guy that I sent medical supplies to, you know, years ago. So it was cool to see that God's, you know, small world and, and connecting us together. This guy, Prozenjit, um, he's also Bengali from, from Bangladesh, um, related to this guy, Promit, a lot of P names, Panaki, Prozenjit, uh, so this guy, he, in, in Bangladesh years ago, he was, uh, he and his wife 
uh, were trying to have kids and they couldn't have any. The doctor said, the doctor was a Christian in Bangladesh. And this man said, what are the odds of that? And this man said, look, I can't help you. Medicine can't help you. Science can't help you. But my God can help you. And he said, there's a little chapel right there. Why don't you go pray? Maybe God will answer your prayer and I'll be praying for you too. So this Bengali Hindu family went into this Christian chapel and prayed. And, and this guy, Prozenjit, he said, he sensed God saying to him, Prozenjit, I'm looking for you and I'm going to find you because I like you and I love you. Isn't that amazing? You can't make this stuff up. Years go by. He lives a few blocks away from us, right across the street from another family in our house church. And he, when he meets us, he senses God saying to him kind of a second time, see, Prozenji, I told you I would find you. So now I'm happy to say this guy, he, he trusts in Jesus as his savior and he follows him as his king. And we're figuring out the Hindu cultural transition of what that looks like. But the missionary friends that we have that have been working with Hindus for years all say, stop trying to figure out if this guy's a follower of Jesus and start celebrating the fact that he is. So him and his family are, God is doing a lot. We've seen miracles. They've had dreams about Jesus, healing stuff that in my conservative background, I'm just not used to and uncomfortable with, but it's happening and I can't deny it. Um, let's see one more thing. Oh, he, he's the head of household, 200 Bengali family members in New York City. So in a communal culture like Bangladesh, if this guy is following Jesus, just imagine what, what God could do. Um, yeah, I, we, we could go on with, with more, but I just want to brag on Dick because since that huddle that was so formative and influential to us, we've, we've helped start five new house churches, uh, 11 new discipleship groups. Some of those were huddles, some were discipleship groups of other kinds, but believers in that group who are being trained to make disciples We've seen 44, and I, you know, we don't know all of the, the numbers. This is what we could, me and my wife could figure out this morning. 44 discovery Bible studies with those who are far from God. And we've seen 12 new believers begin to follow Jesus. So I, I'm, I'm trying to boast in Jesus that um, we, what we like to say is, I think we're stumbling in the right direction, but, but we're, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it out. We're building the plane as we, <clears throat> as we fly it, or flying the plane as we build it, whatever the phrase is. And, and God is, like we've fallen into a river that has just swept us away, and God is, is doing a lot of great things. I know he's at work here as well. So, um, so yeah, let's celebrate Dick and, and all that uh, God's used in the last two years. And this is us working part-time. We're praying that God would have us be full-time missionaries uh, soon as we're, we're fundraising. So, I wanted to do something a little different. Oh, there's a little monitor. I feel like a weather person. Hi. You see we have uh, some rain coming in. That's very nice. So um, I want to do something a little different. I want to um, do a discovery Bible study, if that's all right, and have some participation. I do have a mic here. We could pass around, or if you'd like to share, why don't we kind of do both, if that's all right. Um, if you guys want to to speak into the mic, you could use it and pass it around. If not, shout it out, and I'm happy to speak back your answers. Um, we can do a little bit of both of those. So we're going to be reading out of Hebrews 5, 11 to uh, 6.3. It was already read to us. Um, but I want to read it again to get it fresh in our minds. And uh, I want us to 
to be, be thinking, what is, what is this saying to us about God, about people, about sin? Is there a promise? Is there an example? Is there a command? I'll draw a picture to review all that, but that's what we're looking for as, as we read. So let me read this for us. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. I'm reading out of the ESV. There's no pictures in my Bible. A lot of dense footnotes at the bottom. All right, it says this, about this, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone, uh, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this very hopeful final verse, and this we will do if God permits. So here's what I want to do. I want to uh, give us a little bit of structure and still hear me, right? Okay. So there's a variety of, of ways that we can have, a, have an approach to um, discovery Bible study. This is a sword that anyone can draw, right? Anyone can do that. And we're going to ask four questions, uh, six questions. What does this teach us about God? Okay. What does this teach us about people? So God points up to the, the Scott points up to God, right? The person is the one holding the handle, trying to work with the metaphor. And then we're going to spell the word SPEC, uh, the acronym. And this is sin. Just write down here. Is there a sin to avoid? in this passage. So that's what we're, we're looking at. Is there a promise? Maybe this is the best way to do it. Is there an example? Oops. Really hard to write vertically. And then is there a command? All right. So what does it say about God? What does it say about people? Is there a sin to avoid? A promise to claim an example to follow, and a command to obey. So I would just love to open it up to any of us as we make observations. It's okay if it's very simple or you're not sure, but I would love to hear not just what I think or have to say, what the Spirit's put on my heart. I would love to hear what the Spirit has put on all of our hearts. So let's, let's contribute. What jumps out at us in this passage uh, related to what, in any of these questions, we can start with God. What do we learn about God in this passage? You at home watching online, let's think about that. Maybe if you're with a roommate or a family member, feel free to have a discussion there as well. He wants us to grow up, yes, just like the skit. Yeah. He, he designed babies to turn into adults, right? He designed babies to only be able to handle milk at the beginning, and then we have teeth and we won't choke. You know, as we mature, we learn how to eat. And now 
Steak is my favorite food. I don't know about you guys, but it is amazing. It's better than milk. <laughs> he wants his, what else? He shared. Yes. He shares his truth with us. We don't have to figure it out. He, he loves to reveal. He loves to teach. He teaches us. And we're in, in his image. He wants us to become teachers as well. So there's a lot of teaching going on. Yes. Same as that. He's, God speaks his oracles. Yes. God speaks his oracle. He, he, he has things to say. <laughs> yeah. He's not a silent God who's forcing us to figure it all out. Anything else? What else does this teach us about God? Maybe one more. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That, and that's a foundation. So she, uh, she was saying um, at, at the, the end of, or the beginning of, of chapter six, Paul reviews kind of the basics, right? The foundation. How many times do you have to build a foundation in a building? You should just build it one time. You don't have to keep laying foundation after foundation. He's saying once the foundation is set, you can move on. So the foundation is uh, what he says here, repentance, you know, trust in Jesus to, to begin your relationship with, with God, right? And then instructions about baptism, washings, that's speaking of baptism, laying on of hand. That was probably, you know, what do you do when you baptize someone? You pray for them, you commission them, you send them out. Um, and then we have, uh, speaking of re- resurrection and eternal judgment, heaven and hell. This is just kind of the basics of the gospel and becoming a Christian. So we want to move on, right? We don't ever want to move on from the gospel, but there is a foundation that we build on. We build on that gospel and we apply that gospel to every facet of life, et cetera, et cetera. That's great. Um, let's move on. There's more to di- dive in here, but I just want to give you a little taste. So what does this passage teach us about people? Yes. We like to do what's easy, don't we? I like to play chess. I was playing chess the other day. And I watched a, I'm very nerdy, watched a video about chess. And the guy was saying 90% of chess players don't improve because they just like to do what they like to do. They don't like to do the hard stuff. If they like to play games, they play games, and they never do puzzles, right? Any skill that we have that you've worked hard at, if you just do what's easy, I'm trying to teach my son ukulele and guitar right now, and he really just likes to do the easy songs and the easy things, you know? And then he'll move on to another instrument or something else that's hard. It's hard to, to press on and to get past that foundation. Anyone else? What does this say about people? Oh, yes. Your ears have become dull. Yeah, our ears tend to, be, to become dull over time, don't they? We have a hard time listening. We're bad listeners. You know, when Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, it's not because sheep are great listeners. The shepherd has a great way of, of getting the attention of the sheep and speaking to the sheep, but the sheep, well, you know, we need some help in listening. 
Yes. Yes. Because sheep are dumb, we're constantly forgetting what God is like. Yeah, to lead us. Yeah, sheep are dumb. That hurts a little, doesn't it? This is a rebuke. Do you hear the tone of rebuke that the author of Hebrews is, is speaking to? You know, not everything that God has to say to us is sunshine and rainbows. You know, sometimes it's challenge. It's repentant. Repent. All right, anything else before we move on to spec? Yes. Wow, that will preach right there, Barbara. So Barbara was just saying these foundational truths that the author of Hebrews gives us in, in chapter six are controversial, sadly, today. Many churches don't even agree on the foundation. And so how can we move on from the foundation when, when there's disunity, la- lack of, of unity uh, on, on these foundational things? So we're, we're arguing about baptism. We're arguing about um, yeah, laying on of hands. Yeah, we're arguing about all these things, resurrection and, and eternal judgment. Mm. We need help, don't we? Wow, I kind of like the dismal trajectory this is headed to. <laughs> God is rebuking us. We're not good at listening because it sets us up for the good news of the gospel, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, well, if you have something else to share on either of these previous questions, that's great. But let's, let's move on to spec. We can jump back. That's fine if you got something else. Uh, is there a sin specifically to to avoid here that the author of Hebrews is warning us of. Laziness. Amen. Apathy. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else? I'll I'll be vulnerable for a second. Um after that trip I took to Nepal that was so transformative and when we started this huddle, I stopped listening to so many sermons. Not because sermons are bad. I had a habit of listening to more and more content. It was almost like Netflix or it was like consumerism. It was entertainment. It had become, I was just listening to stuff so much. I wasn't doing anything. I was becoming a hearer and I was so busy hearing that I didn't take the time to say, okay, I've heard a truth it's compelling. Now, what should I do about it? I didn't take the time to process and say and translate the hearing to the doing. So are we guilty of that sometimes in America, in the West, when there's such an abundance of resources to listen to that are so helpful, um, but it's easy to listen to them and not be held accountable to obey what we're hearing. Yeah. Uh, and following uh, beyond the complacency to where once you have gained some deeper knowledge, mm-hmm. to fall back away from that is like re-crucifying Christ. Wow. So that's a huge condemnation yes. of that yes. kind of behavior. Yes. I guess that's a pretty big sin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're hearing in verses four and, and beyond. So getting, getting into uh, future sermons, but, but, but connected to this, this thought that the author of Hebrews is saying that 
when we are not going on from this foundation, we're not pressing on to maturity. It's like we're re-crucifying Christ over again. Um, he died for us to buy us so that we could leave this uh, old life and move on and grow up. And so, you know, he shouldn't have to keep dying for us. So we can keep being resurrected. No, that should happen one time, right? He, he dies for us and resurrects us to life. And then we have this new life that we continue on. So that's great. Any other sins we see here are a way of saying the sin that the author of Hebrews is talking about. That they're also living. Yes, that the evil is living, you're saying. Oh, right, right, right. So the discernment between good and evil. And if we don't have that discernment, we're going to be in one of the two. So if we don't have the discernment, it's likely that we're walking in, in an evil way. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That is tough. <laughs> it's a tough feeling. So to restate that, um, the author of, of Hebrews, imagine what it's like on his uh, behalf to be writing saying, this is hard for you to understand. Imagine how difficult it is to say something difficult to understand, knowing that your audience may not understand you because they've become dull of hearing. You're trying to rebuke them, but you're rebuking the ones who are not listening well. So are they going to listen or not? Oh, well, <laughs> not, not sure. Yeah. That's a familiar feeling for leaders in the room. I know we can resonate. Um, all right, we're spelling spec here. So God, people, sin, promise. Let's talk about the good news of the gospel. This is, this is subtle. I don't want to steal anyone's thunder. Is there any kind of subtle promise that you see? Maybe not. That's okay. Yes. Yes. That's great. Yes. Okay, so the, the fundamental truth that that we can have a new life in Christ, that he can, we can repent of our sins, be saved, right? And then press on to maturity. That's a promise. And I love how it ends, verse three, and this we will do if God permits. The promise is, God willing, that we will press on to maturity. And so the, the, the dismal trajectory of, of kind of God rebuking through the author of Hebrews, many of us here in the room, myself included, um, and, and there, there being a tendency of us to be bad listeners, bad followers, right? And that there are sins of laziness and apathy. Well, the promise is, well, Jesus, he was a pretty good listener, wasn't he? He's pretty good at obeying, wasn't he? So, well, Adam and Eve and all of us, we fail our test. They failed their test in the garden. We fail our test. We, we don't listen and obey. This is kind of the phrase that, that our family uses. I don't know if you have like a family motto. Our, our family motto is listen and obey. We just say that to our kids so much that they're probably going to need therapy later on to undo the damage. My wife's family motto was suffer in silence. That was one that they had. Um, I, a friend of ours, their family motto was um, don't do anything stupid. As you would leave the house, you would always say, don't do anything stupid. Um, so listen and obey. So Adam and Eve in the garden, they did not listen and obey, did they? But when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he listened and he obeyed fully, completely, perfectly. 
And he didn't just do it as an example that we can never attain. He did it on our behalf as an atonement that would purchase us. We can't listen perfectly. We can't obey. We will never listen and obey. That's the bad news of this passage. The rebuke will always be there until heaven. But the good news will always be there and past heaven. That we have a Savior who listens on our behalf and acts, obeys on our behalf and does the things that we cannot do and saves us. So we are far from God, but he makes us close to God because he died the death that we all deserve to die and he lived the life that none of us could live. That's good news, right? That makes my heart warm. And that, that good news is embedded in all the songs we were singing this morning. Great job choosing some of these songs. <clears throat> all right, example to follow. Is there an example that we see here? In this passage, yeah, that's great. Of course, yeah. Sounds like he's had steak before. He's matured. He's not still listening to or watching Veggie Tales and reading Bibles with pictures, and he's pressed on to maturity. Yeah. Yeah, I love the phrase, we teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. You can teach a lot of things. You can grow in knowledge and teach a lot of things that sound really smart. And I'm really tempted to do that in a place like this. Like, I'm really tempted to just come and, like, try to preach this amazing sermon and, like, have these illustrations that just make you all think that I'm so great. But God's really humbling me, and I'm trying to do less of that. And... um I find it, God is, God is working a lot in my heart. That's too much about me. But we reproduce what we are. The author of Hebrews is reproducing what he is, isn't he? He's okay when the fruit grows on other people's trees and when he's teaching some who will teach others. He celebrates. He's not jealous. He wants to be put out of a job, right? He wants to be replaced. He wants to raise up leaders that... Do the work of the ministry. He wants to equip the saints. That's a great example. Yeah, we're to be like adults who are eating, eating meat. Okay, command. Is there a command to, to follow here? Yeah, can you say it a little louder? Discernment, yes. Yes. That is a, a wonderful command. Be discerning, right? It's kind of an implied command, right? But it's there. Be discerning and have constant practice, right? So there's, that leans toward not just listening, but doing. Um, that we're trained and, and practice for sure and to have that skill of discernment. That's great. Any other commands that you see here? Yes. Yes, yeah. That's a direct command, right? Chapter 6, verse 1, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Right after, therefore, right? Therefore, after all we've set up into this point, let's move on to maturity. Yeah, that's the command. Yes. (laughs) Please. Okay, good. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Mm. Yeah. So the, the additional sin, thank you for going back. The additional sin is not trying to understand, just being passive, listening, but not, not seeking to understand, not leaning forward to be a student. Yeah, just showing up, going through the motions. We can do that, all of us in the room. Yeah, so do you think anyone in this room, I know we don't all have the spiritual gift of teaching, and we don't all, you know, go through a path like seminary or, or have a lot of experience in, in teaching groups, facilitating groups, but do you think you could lead, could facilitate a discussion like this with some other people in your life, whether they're far from God or, or they know God, they have much to say? Maybe? Yeah, I, I think you can. I think you, I think you definitely can. So I, I don't know if you guys have any tools for Discovery Bible Studies. Of course, use them if you're looking for another one. You know, I'm not saying this is the best, this is the greatest, or it's perfect. It's just one way that we, you know, have a, a rich discussion of God's word. And we always get to the gospel here and, and promise, just pointing people to Jesus to make sure that that is, that is clear. Um, so, yeah, what, how much time do we have? Uh, when we normally wrap up around now? Yeah, okay, good. All right, I was going to have us um, kind of process the sermon a little bit, but we processed it together uh, just in thinking about the Kairos circle. So uh, you guys have heard of things like the leadership square, right? Have you heard of things like the Kairos circle before? Okay, so do you see those at play in this text? Just to give you another another tool, when when we think about the leadership square, I do, stage one, I do, you watch. That's what babies do. That's when you're drinking milk, right? You just watch. I do you help. You start to introduce some new things, mashed potatoes, right? Now, you do I help, stage three, right? You're beginning to eat some more solid food that you got to chew. You got to have some teeth to do that. And then uh, you do I watch, right? Now you're eating meat and you're able to teach others and you're reproducing the process. So another way of saying it is the author of Hebrews is frustrated at L1 people and L2 people who have not yet become L3 and L4. So maybe that comes to home a little more specifically and vividly for us. Maybe it's time that we should be further along on that journey. And it's God is speaking to us to to step up and to be challenged in that way. And another way of thinking about it in the Kairos circle, right? We listen and obey, right? As we're listening to God, we have an opportunity to obey. And so the one equation to summarize the whole you know, message in our time discussing today, I'll, I'll just give you an equation. Listen plus obey equals maturity. That's the, the whole passage, right? Listen plus obey equals maturity. If you just listen, there's no guarantee you'll be mature. If you just obey kind of rec- recklessly without listening, that's what I do sometimes, there's no guarantee that you're going to go into the path of of maturity. But if you listen and obey, you go around that Kairos circle. Each time you go around it, you get a little more mature. You go around it again, you get a little more mature. And the more times that we repent and believe, listen and obey, God, God is making us more and more like Jesus. So uh, I know there's some groups afterwards, and, and I, I'm sure we'll have time just if anyone's getting coffee or going home you know, with your roommates, your families, whoever, just having conversation today. It'd be great to process and through the Kairos circle, what was God saying to you today? 
And what's he asking you to do? Just to have a time of a takeaway, just clarity, so that we don't fall victim and become prey of, of what we see here in, in this passage, that we ought to be moving on, being list, listening and obeying, but we're, we're not. Yeah. All right. Well, let me just say a quick word of prayer. We'll move on to the next part of the service. Father, we thank you that you are a good God, such a good God. You're so kind to us. You're so wise and you are so strong. Nothing is too hard for you. You take clay like us and what potter dies for clay? Only you. And you mold us into your image. So Jesus, we celebrate the good news that pushes our hearts in the right direction. And we thank you that it challenges us. It doesn't leave us where we are, but it, it wants us to grow. It wants us to step up. And so we, we praise you and we thank you for all the fruit that I'm just looking at in this room and, and thinking about online, the fruit of, of you rescuing people from, from darkness and sending them into the kingdom of your beloved son. And now that we're in that kingdom, you don't just want us to stay enjoying milk. You want us to grow and, and enjoy that steak, and, and which means in the Christian context, to not just be students, but to become teachers. To not just watch other people do ministry and help from time to time, but to lead ministry, to be in a place where we're self-sufficient. We'll always need help. We'll always need people guiding us, but that uh, we, can, we can have kids of our own, make disciples of our own. So help us do that by your good grace, Father. May there May there be someone here in the room, someone listening, that God, you're stirring, you're working in their hearts and you're bringing clarity. This, this is what you want them to do, whatever, whatever that is. And may, may we step up and obey by your grace, by your strength and courage, uh, motivated by grace, motivated by the good news of your gospel. Jesus, we love you. You're our hero. You're the hero of this church. And I've loved being, being a part of it for this short time. We thank you for all, all you've done and all you're yet to do. And we celebrate you, Jesus, and we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name.